Well, I want to invite everyone to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew is in the New Testament, the first book of the New Testament in your Bible. Um, it's one of the Gospels that records Jesus' life and ministry, and, and you can find yourself in Matthew chapter 5. And I have a question for us and a question we've been wrestling with as a church as we've been going through Matthew, and it's this. How can a person flourish in life? How can you and I not simply survive and exist, but how can we thrive? And in many ways, this is a driving question. A better way to say it, the driving question behind the choices and behaviors of our life. And this is a fundamental question for human existence around the world and across generations. It's the fundamental questions that many cultures attempt to answer. All culture attempts to answer on some level. How can a human being thrive and flourish in life? In uh, Eastern and traditional cultures, flourishing, human flourishing is often tied to a community toward a collective flourishing, a social flourishing. That's why there's often honor-shame. Rules are, are given to help people live in light of the larger group in Eastern cultures. In Western culture, the culture that we live in today, it's often reversed. It's flipped. That flourishing is seen as a means of uh, embracing our individuality. That we just don't live out the ethics that were handed down to us by our forefathers, but actually we want to deconstruct and find a new way to, to flourish as an individual. All of us are shaped by our culture and the families and traditions that we come from that are trying to answer that question. How can we flourish in life? And this is the driving question of Jesus' life and ministry. And this is the, the fundamental question that he's answering in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is outlining a vision of his kingdom. And in it, he roots it in the potential to flourish and thrive in life. He begins, and we began, he, he outlined nine values of this kingdom, nine values for human flourishing that we translate blessed. Flourishing are the poor in spirit. Flourishing are those who mourn. Flourishing are the meek. And then Jesus pivots in this sermon and begins to outline the ethics of flourishing. And this is where we have been the last few weeks. We began with Jesus' ethic related to anger. And he ties it to the heart. Last week, we looked at Jesus' ethic for sexuality. And he again ties it to the heart, speaking about lust. And this week, we look at Jesus connecting the ethic of flourishing to marriage and divorce. And our passage is a debated passage, and it speaks to one of the fundamental challenges of, of all of our lives and our stories, and that's the place of marriage. And, and what do we do when marriage isn't a source of flourishing in our story and in our life, but a source of pain and division and destruction? So I'm going to read our text, and we'll unpack Jesus' ethic here. Or in Matthew 5, I'm just going to read verses 31 to 32. This is also picked up in Matthew chapter 19, but I'm just going to focus on our passage here in 31 to 32. Jesus says this. He says, It was also said, 
Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. This is God's word. Certainly this is a challenging text to consider for our day and age today. As we consider Jesus' ethic for marriage and divorce and how it can be a means of flourishing. And as we unpack this, I think there's a few things that we need to consider. A few disclaimers as we weigh in and enter in. And, it's, and I want to speak honestly about them. First, we all, and I shared this last week, we all come to this text with a point of view that's been shaped by the culture and traditions in which we are raised and by our own experiences. Some might come from a traditional culture or or a Christian culture where divorce was seen as, as the worst possible outcome in life. Others of us have living and breathing the air of our Western culture, an individualistic culture, we might have a very low view of marriage and divorce, that divorce is permitted as long when someone's not making you happy anymore. We all have views that shape this. Some of us, all of us, have experiences as it relates to marriage. And if you're someone who was raised in a home where your parents were divorced, that shapes your story and shapes your understanding. If you're a spouse who's been in a marriage where there's been neglect or abuse or adultery, that shapes your perspective on this issue. And that leads us to the second thing I think we need to acknowledge, and that is that divorce is painful. No matter your perspective, no matter your view of what Jesus is saying here, it is a, it is a hard part of life. Divorce is painful. I'm mindful of children and their experience in divorce, also mindful of spouses and their experience in divorce. One person when I when we lived in Dallas shared his story of having divorce in his home and when he left his home getting in his truck and driving away and his young son grabbing the back and yelling dad don't leave divorce is painful I think of the woman who was encouraged to stay in an abusive relationship at home and had to suffer alone and often isolated from her religious community, not being supported by the people who were supposed to protect her, divorce, and be painful. Also, as we weigh in, I want to encourage you uh, to explore this issue for yourself. There are different views on what Jesus is saying here and what the biblical teaching is considering marriage and divorce, and I want to encourage you to research for yourself. There are great resources I would love to point you to. I have a particular conviction that's been shaped by my training in studying scripture back to seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary and also my experience in learning from others. And and I'm very strong in my conviction of what Jesus teaches. And in studying and preparing for this sermon, it only strengthened my conviction. But you might come to a different conviction. And and I want to respect that. And there are godly people who disagree On this issue. So I want to encourage you if this is something that you really want to explore uh, to consider resources for that. And lastly, the last disclaimer 
is I want to challenge you 